0: My name is Michael. I'm one of the pastors here at the church, and we're very excited to have you with us on this Sunday morning. Before we get started, we um, uh, are—did everybody get a coloring sheet? I know you didn't, because I just walked through, and I saw nobody had one. Um, And she told you I was here, so you know that we're doing the top ten children's Bible stories all summer long, as seen through my eyes. Today, we have coloring sheets. There is a competition. I have prizes for the winners of two weeks ago. Um, but I don't know who they are anymore because I saved the sheets in the sound booth and somebody wanted a clean sound booth and threw them away. <sighs> yep. Thanks, Matt Dixon. Um, wasn't Matt, it's somebody else, but Matt's standing back there. So so today um, we're continuing along this theme and uh, talking about one of the, the more widely known uh, children's Bible stories from the Old Testament. If you're following We're going Old Testament, New Testament, Old Testament. We'll do that throughout the time. This story is found in the book of 1 Samuel, chapter 17. So this is what's going on, essentially. You have um, the the people of Israel are encamped on one side, on this one mountain. And then you have the Philistines on this other side, and this other mountain. And in between them, you have the Valley of Elah. This beautiful, beautiful valley. And this area is in the, what's known as the Shaphelah, and the Shaphelah is this—it's the, the coming together, essentially, of here's the mountains of Israel and all this, and here's the coastal plain, and it's this really strategically important part where the entire world kind of crosses. And one of the things that was very important for a Jew was to be engaged in the Shaphelah, to be in the Shaphelah, to have life in the Shaphelah, but. To have the Shephelah become more and more like you Rather than you more and more like the Shephelah One of the standard questions a rabbi would ask his disciple Is how are you doing on the Shephelah In other words There's an implication there that you are A. Engaged in the Shephelah But then the question is how are you doing Are you becoming more like it or is it becoming more like you So true for us today right We are engaged in the Shafala. The Shafala is a bigger area for us. It's the world. The Shafala is the area that the world crosses. And we don't have one crossroads anymore because of how we do things, because of the commerce. It's just the, the world is so small, it's crazy. Social media, all the different things, the outlets, the ways you can get information, the ways that information can be transmitted, all of this stuff. The world is everywhere. And so the question that a rabbi would ask his disciples, how are you doing in the Shephelah? Which implies that, one, you're engaged, that you haven't run away from the world, that you haven't secluded yourself in some, um, some little enclave where it's only people who are like you, who believe what you believe, who do what you do, who dress like you dress and say what you say, but that you engage in the world and that you bring the light of Christ there. So in this story, we have the people of Israel on one side, the Philistines on the other, and this beautiful valley of Elah in between. Now, because of their locations in these mountains, they were both strategically placed that if any army wanted to attack the other, they'd have to come down into the valley and make themselves vulnerable. And so there's kind of a standoff. They would just sit there and, you know, we've got spirit. Yes, we do. We've got spirit. How about you across the valley day after day after day? Uh, that's you know in Hebrew I don't know how that goes but you know I, I kind of figured that that's what they did was just back and forth with one another and then one day the Philistines decide to send out their best warrior and they send out this this guy he just comes bumbling out oh just rumbling out Goliath and he shouts across the valley send me your toughest man we'll end it now. One-on-one combat. If, if he kills me, we'll be your slaves forever. If I kill him, you will be our slaves forever. Now, the detail that they go into describing this guy is pretty impressive. They say he's over six cubits tall. Most manuscripts have changed that to about four and a half cubits. Some of the different things that they see. So where that puts him is the range from seven feet tall to over nine. He's a big fella. He comes down, he's wearing all of this armor, and it goes into detail about the armor that he's wearing, this bronze stuff, and it weighs so many shekels, and it weighs all of this stuff, and he's got no vulnerability whatsoever. He's got this huge sword, they call it a javelin in many ta- translations, But it's probably a curved sword that was very common of the day. And he has a spear, and the spear weighs 15 pounds. And he just just roars out there, this huge guy. Now, if you're a typical Jew, you're not six feet tall. You're not a really tall person, right? I'm only six foot two because I have more than just Jewish blood in me. Um, and, and so you're, you're not a very many people, you're, you're shepherd people, you're agrarians, you know, you're, you're, you live, you see this guy coming out, this huge monster looking guy and he's calling you out. And what do all the, the Israel Israelites do? Run away, run away. You know, we can't hear you, um, type stuff. So for 40 days, every day, Goliath comes out and he struts around. He's like, let's do this. Who are you going to send? King Saul is like, man, here's what I'm going to do for whoever it is that goes out and defeats this guy. I am going to give one of my, my best looking daughter to this guy in marriage. I'm going to pay him a lot of money and his family is never going to have to pay taxes again. Yay, right? <laughs> you think God's going be like, I'm in. But no, everybody's like. Sounds like a great a great deal, man. You should do this. No one goes. No one goes. No one goes. No one goes for 40 days. So there's a, a couple of guys who are involved in Saul's army, and they're the sons of Jesse. And they're there, and uh, one of their other brothers, David, he's the youngest, he's back at home in Bethlehem, and he's taking care of the sheep that they've left behind. Jesse says, hey, every now and then he'll send them. Up to where they are, to the valley, and and to bring them supplies and things, and so it comes a time when, when David is going to be sent again, and Jesse says, "Hey, here's a bunch of stuff I want you to to take to the boys, and and uh, and give them this stuff, and here's some really nice cuts of cheese, give to their captain. Like, <laughs> smart thinking of Jesse, right? That's Jesse's boys, I know. I like those guys. Um, and and uh, and then get the report on them and come home. So David goes up there. When David gets up there. It's the time that uh, Goliath is going to come out during the day, and Goliath comes out and he shouts his insults at the Israeli people. And if you've ever seen the VeggieTales on this, it's quite wonderful. He shouts his insults over the um, the people of Israel, and and David looks around like, oh yeah, who's going? Let's go. And the people are like, no. Well, what happens if you go? Well, you know, the king said that you get all these things. This is a great deal. Who's, why aren't we going? And one of his brothers is like, don't you have sheep to tend? Like, who are you? You're like this tall. Go away. But David just can't take him. And he asks around a couple of guys. And then Saul hears about it. And Saul calls him and goes, hey, who are you? And he's like, dude, I'll go fight him. Let's do this. Who are you? I'm David, son of Jesse. Saul's like, okay. I love it. He's just all of a sudden, he's like, okay, great. This is awesome. And David says, essentially, look, in my job, I have to fend off attacks from from lions and from wolves and different things trying to attack my sheep. And I know that God protects me during those times. And just as he has protected me during those times, he will protect me when I go and fight this Philistine because we are God's chosen people. And if God is for us, we're going to win. Saul's convinced. Great. Here's my helmet. <laughs> Here's my armor. <laughs> Here's my sword. David's like, can't even stand. Says so he puts it on and he tries it out and he's like, I, I can't do this. I can't even walk. I've never been in these things ever. So he takes it off. And he bends down. In the little wadi there in the brook, and he picks up five smooth stones. And he has his shepherd's staff in one hand, and he has his sling in the other, and he begins to walk out towards the battlefield. In verse 31, 41 says, Goliath walked out towards David with his shield bearer ahead of him, sneering in contempt at this ruddy-faced boy. Am I a dog? he roared at David, that you come at me with a stick? And he cursed David by the names of his gods. Come over here and I'll give your flesh to the birds and wild animals, Goliath yelled. David replied to the Philistine, you come to me with sword, spear and javelin. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. Today, the Lord will conquer you and I will kill you and cut off your head. And then I will give the dead bodies of your men to the birds and wild animals. And the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. And everyone assembled here will know that the Lord rescues his people, but not with sword and spear. This is the Lord's battle, and he will give you to us. This is trash talking as it went uh, in those days, right? I mean, Goliath's like, are you a dog? You know, come over. And David's like, oh, you want to trash talk? All right, let's do this. I see you and your whole family. As Goliath moved closer to attack, David quickly ran out to meet him, reaching into a shepherd's bag and taking out a stone. He hurled it with his sling and hit the Philistine in the forehead. The stone sank in and Goliath stumbled and fell face down on the ground. So David triumphed over the Philistine with only a sling and a stone for he had no sword. Then David ran over, pulled Goliath's sword from its sheath and cut off his head. These are the words of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Yeah. So here's this little shepherd boy attacking this, let's say, seven-foot guy dressed fully in armor. The shepherd boy, if you've ever seen a shepherd in Israel, they're not dressed very well. They're dressed as a shepherd as you might imagine a shepherd would dress. He's not a very big kid. He's a kid, and he's coming out to fight this warrior. He takes a sling, throws the stone. Goliath goes dead. He runs over, pulls out his sword, cuts his head off. I'm sure he shows it to the Philistines. And what do they do? Run away, run away, run away. It's Monty Python all of a sudden, right? They're just gone. And then the rest of the people of Israel just, they go and they take him. They chase him back to these different places. So, in this story, you have this amazing story that we, we focus on, David and Goliath. You know, we talk about David and Goliath all the time. And, and we think about the, the feasibility of how this could happen. A uh, shepherd boy taking on a warrior. It'd be like me stepping into the ring with Mike Tyson. Right? Him being the sh- Goliath... Um, You you put somebody that's so unequally matched together. And you're like, there's no way. There's no way. There's no way. Yet David had skills. David had skills that his brothers knew about but misunderstood, underestimated maybe. David had skills because of who he was. He had skills because for years and years, what he had done every day was to pick up stones, to grab his sling, and to whoosh, and put it on a dime. Because shepherds in this area, the way in which they get their sheep to go is they throw stones. When we were there uh, back in March, we were in the Valley of Allah, and we'd come up and, um, to the place where there was the town where the people of Israel would have been, looking out over the valley and uh, to where the Philistines were. And as we're coming back down, um, here comes this uh, sheep herder with his flock of sheep. And it was so cool. And uh, Scott Harry, who was leading this, was like, I've never seen a sheep herder here <laughs> um, with his flock of sheep. And he kept saying, this must be the deluxe tour um, that you're getting the, the actual thing going on. Uh, because he is, as we're coming down, you... you there's you know, it's a big group of us and he's got his big group of his sheep and everything, and he is going to give us the right of way. Um, even though he's trying to control wild animals and we're a bunch of, you know, idiots with backpacks on. He is going to give us a right of way, and so we see him do some stones. I mean, how cool is that? Throwing these stones. And the sheep just Wherever a stone lands, right next to the sheep, it turns. And they just follow. Just amazing. It was so cool. Think about this. For years, David had been taking these stones and flicking them and putting them right where he wanted them. He didn't want to hit a sheep. You don't want to hit your sheep. You don't want to hurt your sheep. This is your livelihood, right? But you want to get close enough to him to make him know that you mean business, right? Because otherwise, eh, I don't think he really means it. Eh, You know, You you drop it right next to him. And so they turn. Also, as David rightly points out, when sheep get attacked, you've got to protect them. It's your livelihood. You can protect them with your staff. You can also protect them with the stone. Bah! Tag them. Drop them. They say that these types of slings, when they are spun, go so fast that when the rock comes out of there, it's moving as fast as a gunshot. And if you think about that, if you've ever had, if you I mean, there's a lot of boys in here. And you, did you ever throw rocks at each other? Rocks hurt, right? I mean, they're not, it's not like you're throwing a marshmallow. They're solid. And if you think about something like that, going as fast as that, that's going to do some damage. So David, when he gets to Goliath and he goes down and he picks up his five stones and he stands out there knows exactly what he's doing one he believes with all of his heart and rightly so that he has God on his back that God is going to take care of this as he so rightly points out to Goliath that I'm going to cut your head off and I'm going to throw the rest of your troop to the wild animals and the birds because God is driving this thing but he also knows the skills that he has He has the skills of a shepherd. The perfectly fit skills for that moment. The Israelites would never have had an infantry soldier strong enough to compete with Goliath. They would never have had somebody that was strong enough to compete with him on the way that he wanted to compete. Hand to hand combat. Your sword against my sword. No. No. They knew they were greatly outmatched, which is why for 40 days they had hid behind rocks and gone like, you go, no, you go. But David didn't meet them on those terms. David said, this is how I operate. This is how God has made me. This is how God has trained me. And so I'm going to meet you from across the valley. And you're going to fall. When I was there, um, they encouraged us to pick up stones and, and, and things, and I brought some back. and um, I've been trying them out in the backyard. It's just not working. <coughs> but really what those things are are the things that God has put inside of you. Those talents, those gifts, those skills that God has been building inside of you. You see, David, when he was taking care of the sheep, all he knew was he was taking care of the sheep. Day after day after day, he'd get up, he'd do his chores, he'd go out into the fields, and he'd take his sheep from one area to another, and he'd bring them back, and they'd be attacked periodically, and he'd protect them. And thats he was just doing his job. He was just being the shepherd that he was. But God's sitting back there going, oh, he's getting better. He's getting ready. Oh, he's going to use this. And then the big day comes. Oftentimes, we look at the things that we do on a daily basis as just mundane, unimportant things. Oftentimes, we see we have the skills that God's given us, and we don't think anything about them that they are any kind of skill or anything. They're just something about who we are. So we just overlook them. maybe, maybe God is preparing you for something. Maybe God has put these specific skills in you and has given you this life and this walk and this path to hone these different skills. So that one day when you're out on the Shifela and you're facing a giant, you just got to reach into your little pouch. Pull out that stone When I was a kid growing up We moved around a lot um, A whole lot From the south Up into the northeast in Connecticut From Connecticut to Louisiana Talk about a culture shock Um, From Louisiana To northern California Again, talk about a culture shock Um, Just from place to place to place And one of the things that my mom um, likes to remind me of, she likes, she used to tell this story all the time, is when we moved to Ruston, Louisiana, and this is something that I would do in most places, but this is the story that they tell. Um, we, we went to Ruston, Louisiana. is a small town where Louisiana Tech is, and, um, and it's got a little a little downtown area, and we went to the downtown area. I'm not sure why, but mom said, um, I stopped everybody on the street and said, Hi. And introduced myself and said that I was new in town. I was nine. Hey, I'm Michael Crocker. I'm from Connecticut. We're new in town. You guys want to do it? You know. um, Apparently I did this everywhere we went. That I would walk up to people everywhere we moved. Hey, how you doing? I was never afraid to walk into a crowded room. And to be the center of attention. Surprise! All of the while, I believe God was preparing me. He was building some muscles in me. Because one day he knew that I'd be standing here. One day he knew that countless people would pass by me. And I would need the ability to say hi and act like I cared. <laughs> I do. No, I do. No, I, I said that wrong. And I think he also gave me the ability to understand what it means to be an outsider. Moving from place to place to place, I was always the outsider. And I understand what it feels like To not be a part of the group And to now be a leader In a group that can be exclusive A lot of times In a community That can be exclusive a lot of times I think God gave me a sling A long time ago and said hey There's going to be times when you're going to need this So that you can connect and understand what it feels like What's he doing in you What is it What's God been doing in your life Maybe it was when you were younger Maybe it's just recently Have you ever thought about the story of David and Goliath Like this that, that God has been training you To do something amazing in the Shephelah That God has been training you just from from who you are and who he's created you to be, his daughter, his son. He's he's been building and building and building you and sculpting you into something magnificent. And I I just like to to think of God sitting up there going, it's about to happen. Oh, I can't wait for her to do this. Whoa, he's going to be great. Have you ever wondered what God is doing in you? is preparing you for your moment against the giant. I see that none of you have been coloring during this time. So clearly it has nothing to do with art except for Clayton. Thanks Clayton. But whatever it is, I hope that when the moment comes, like David, You don't try to change who you are by putting on armor that isn't anything to do with you. And you don't try to let those people who are closest to you tell you, what are you doing? You shouldn't be here. Instead, you stare at the giant and you run towards him. Let us pray. Gracious and Heavenly Father, We thank you so much for the ways that you have and are creating us, for the gifts and talents, for even those things that we think are mundane, those skills that you are sharpening in us. We thank you. Thank you that you're using them.